Blog Talk Radio. All right, all right, all right. This is Elder G. Bazaar. This is Watchman on the Wall, End Time Global Link Ministry, coming to you from Warren, Ohio, reaching on down there to Atlanta, Georgia, on Block Talk Radio. And I have Brother uh, Timothy Jackson over there in Lubbock, Texas. And we are coming to tell you and preach to you and exert you and lift you up and to correct you if anything that you are confused on in the Word of God. We can straighten it out by the Word of God and by the Holy Spirit. We're here to let you know Jesus loves you. We're here to let you know that he's King of kings and Lord of lords. We're here to let you know that he's coming back again. He's coming back again. He's coming back again. And soon, soon and very soon, the Lord Jesus Christ will rapture the church of the living God. This church consists of born-again believers. You hear what I said? Born-again believers, men, women, boys, and girls that have been converted, converted, changed lives, empowered lives, lives that they love the Lord and love his appearing, and they love what the Lord has done for them. What has he done for you? If you don't know what the Lord has done for you, most likely you don't know Jesus Christ. And what he's done for you, he has came down here and died on Calvary's cross. That through the death of the Lord Savior Jesus Christ, his burial, his death, and his resurrection, mankind, mankind can be saved from sin, death, hell, and the grave. We are here. We are here to stay until the Lord come back. Amen, amen. So glad to have you with us this evening. Uh, so glad to be able to come out and to tell you about the goodness of the Lord because he is truly good to me. And I know if he's good to me, he's good to all those that's on this planet. Every last soul that ever was born, that is born, God is good. He is so good. He's better to you than you are to yourself. And we are here to talk the word of God. We're here to go from Genesis to Revelation and all between. We don't want to leave out nothing, but I know sometimes times run out. Sometimes you want to say things and you forget, but you got to pick up on another thought. But anyway, it's coming from the word of God. I'm not, we're not making this stuff up. Amen. This is good stuff. Amen. This is stuff that comes from glory. Amen. Because every perfect and righteous and loving gift comes from above. Everything that's rotten, tore up, and broke down, amen, killing and murder is earthly. Everything that's going on this earth now is earthly. And the only thing that can straighten it out is what? The blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ. We thank you for listening and tell me, tell me something. Why don't you grab a friend of yours and tell them to come on around the radio or on the Internet and tell them there's some preachers on there that's preaching what? The gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we love to let you know that John 3.16 said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall what? Never perish, but have everlasting life. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for telling somebody else about this. Lord, I'm not talking about me. Amen. I'm talking about the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Forget about me. Amen. Just, just listen to what the word of the Lord said through me from his word. I don't come nothing but from the word of God. We thank you, Brother 
Brother Tim Jackson from being in there with me. He's going to come on. I think he's already on. I heard him. Hey, man, hey, Jackson, you in there? Well, he's not on yet, but he's coming on anyway. But we're here to tell you that we have a special request for those that's out there. I want you to listen in, listen in to uh, this situation. My co-host, the one that's co-hosting uh, Chaos down there in Atlanta, Georgia. He is a, has an ailment. Amen. I don't know specifically how it is, but I think it's high blood pressure, and it's affecting him, amen, in his duties and his his be, uh, his uh, action that he's going through. So what we want to do, amen, we want to spend a little prayer in him for him uh, right now. I want all those that's listening out here, amen, we want you to pray for him that we know what it is. I know what it is. It's nothing but Lucifer, it's nothing but Satan attacking his body, amen, in every aspect uh, that he can to disrupt what God has called him to do. Uh, uh, I'm not going to say too much about it, but I know this boy, this young man, uh, Derek Oliver, I know him uh, since he was uh, 12 years old, amen. He was in my um, youth class. I was his youth leader. And I remember when we baptized him, amen, here in Warren, Ohio. And I've been knowing him ever since then. I know his father and his family. And he uh, moved down into Atlanta, Georgia, and got a radio broadcast called Block Talk Radio. And he came all the way back up here, amen, to tell me, uh, uh, do I want to be on? I said, yes, indeed. I want to preach this gospel. And he has made preservations for for me and for Brother Jackson to come on the air and be speaking around the world on the phone, through the radio, to preach the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And we know right now Satan is attacking all all born-again believers. Y'all don't hear me now. If you're serving the Lord, the devil's going to make his attack. He's attacked me. He's attacked Brother Jackson. He'll attack anybody wherever they may be that's doing God's work. And this is God's work that we're doing. And I've been on here ever since 2012. Amen. Block Talk Radio. Brother Jackson's been on here at least about, I'd say, about five years with me. Amen. And we've been preaching the gospel uh, around the world. We've been telling people just like it is, just like it is in the word of God. And what God says is going to come to pass. We don't have no choir. We don't have no big uh, 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 lot of music. But we, what we do, we got the word of God. And that's what we really need because the word of God is the only thing that's going to straighten out this world if people would obey. If they don't obey, amen, Lord have mercy. It's going to be, it's going to be a rec- day of reckoning coming pretty soon. But we do thank you for being here. At this time, we want you to spend some prayer with me as I get ready to pray for the service and get ready to pray for Brother um, brother Derek Oliver uh, as he recover. Amen. So as we bow our heads, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity that we're coming to you right now. We pray for those souls around the world, wherever they may be, that's listening to this radio broadcast. We thank you, Lord, for Brother Derek Oliver. Amen. Because he's making made preparations for me and Brother Jackson to come on and preach the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We ask you right now, where he may be in Atlanta, Georgia, we ask you to touch his body right now in the name of Jesus Christ. 
We rebuke the ailment. We rebuke the situation that he finds himself in. We ask you right now, Heavenly Father, by his stripes, we know that you can heal him, that you can set him in a place where, amen, where Satan cannot defeat him in any sense or way that he's trying to do. We ask you right now in the name of Jesus, touch his body from the crown to the sole of his feet. Give him strength, Lord. Encourage him, Lord. Give him the power to overcome what it is by his faith, by his service, by his commitment, by his dedication. Lord, we just thank you for it. We just ask you to give him strength today. Lord, right now, through the wonderful, wonderful blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus. We pray this now and forever in Jesus' name. And the church say amen. Amen. Brother Jackson, you in? Amen. But anyway, if he's not come in yet, we want to go on anyhow and get into the word of God. We're going to talk in the word of God right now. We're going to let you know, amen that we are here on an occasion to let you know that the rapture is right round the corner, right round the corner, not far away. It is so close. How close is it? It is so close that I cannot express to you how close it is. It is so close because all the biblical truths, all the biblical uh, 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 eschatology and prophecy about the end time is almost fulfilled up to the rapture. In other words, we're at the rapture zone now. The Lord can come any minute, but he can't come until a few more adjustment has to be made. And that adjustment is that Christ will not come until the Jews prepare and get ready for the rebuilding of the temple. The Jews are planning to build the third temple, the third temple. Three temples have already been built, and three, two of them have been, two have already been, and they have been torn down. The first one was built by Solomon, and it was torn down in 606 B.C. And after Solomon King Zerubbabel and Herod refabished the temple. That's the second temple. That was destroyed in 70 AD. That temple was destroyed. And there has not been a temple in Jerusalem since 70 AD until 2023. And that temple cannot be rebuilt or even started on until Israel became a nation. Israel became a nation in 1948. In 1948, Israel came back into the land, and a nation was born in that day. May the 14th, 1948, Israel became a nation for the first time over the period of 2,000 years. 2,000 years. From 606 B.C. to 1948, Israel became a nation, and they were established in their homeland because they came from the four corners of the earth. And since that time, Israel 
is flourishing now. Israel is back in power now. Israel is a nation in which God will deal with in the last days. And Jesus Christ said, when you shall see, when you shall see armies come past around Jerusalem, you know, you know that the time is nigh. In other words, he's saying, Jesus Christ, each day is getting closer and closer and closer, and it will not get close until Israel comes back into the land and have been in their land for one generation. And the generation ended 75, this is the 75th year. Listen to me. 75th year, the Jews have been a nation. And since they have been a nation, they have reestablished Jerusalem. They are building. They are planning. They are getting ready for what? They are getting ready to meet their Messiah, but it, it is not the true Messiah. It is not the true Messiah that's getting ready to come. It's going to be the false Messiah. It's going to be the Antichrist, anti-God, anti-holiness, anti-justification, anti-woo, anti-against God. Anti means against, to accept authority over the true God. This Antichrist will play and have a characteristic of trying to be like God, which will come through through Lucifer. Satan is the cause, what, of the fall of man. Man fell because man obeyed, Adam and Eve obeyed Lucifer, the devil, instead of obeying God. And the whole human race, the whole human race became what? Sinners. Every person that ever is born, were born sinners, S-I-N-N-E-R-S, sinners, lost, cut off from God, separated from God, in a world of sin, born in sin, shaped in iniquity, did my mother conceive me. There's not one man, no one girl, no one baby that was born sinless. Nobody, nobody from the Garden of Eden all the way until May the 7th, 2023, every man, boy, girl is born in sin and shaped in iniquity. But there's one way, there's one way that we can escape the wrath of God, and that is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the only God-man. Uh-oh, the only God-man. In other words, God in man. In other words, God in the flesh. In other words, God himself manifests himself in the flesh. And when he was born, he was born of a virgin Mary. And when he was born, he was born sinless. He was born with no sin. He was born spotless. He was born what? Holy. It's a holy birth because God is a father. And God implanted himself in Mary's womb and took up on the body of the human nature and was born in Bethlehem of Judea in Jerusalem. And when he was born, he was born sinless. No other deity, no other God, no other entity was ever born 
sinless. The only one that was ever born sinless was God himself in Jesus Christ. God impregnated Mary with the Holy Ghost, overshadowed her, and she brought forth a son, a capital S-O-N, and they laid him in a manger, a little baby. This baby was actually God Almighty. Oh, listen to what I'm saying. Listen to what I'm saying. God Almighty became what? Human. God became human, walked on this earth in a human body, had his own blood system, wasn't born by man, nor the will of man, nor flesh and blood, but was born by the will of God. The Bible said, listen to what it said. I'm going to show you something here. I'm going to show you something right here. I want you to get a hold of this real good. I want you to get a hold of this in the book of Isaiah. In the book of Isaiah, the ninth chapter. In the book of Isaiah. Listen to what it says. In the ninth chapter of the book of Isaiah, it reads like this. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Listen to what it says. In the book of Isaiah, you get your Bibles out. It says is this right now. Here it is. 9 and 6 says, Nine and six says, For into us a child is born. Into us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Now, what do you see in that verse? Amen. That a lot of people don't understand. It says a child was born. And then it says, Unto us a son was given. A son was given. A child is born, and to us a son is given. How can a son be given and not be born? That is showing you that this son is God Almighty. He became a little baby, but he already existed because he was given. He was given because his preexistence. But when he was born, he was born as a baby. And when he was born as a baby, that was God in the flesh, born as a baby. And this baby is the son of God. This baby is God Almighty because he was given. God cannot be born. God is not born. God can't die. In order for God to know what it is and taste death, he had to become a child. Before you become a child, you're a baby. And then you grow up as a child into adolescent, into the teenager. Well, God himself became 
a child, became a baby, and grew up, but he was a son of God. He was God in the flesh. So God came to this earth, born in Bethlehem of Judea, as what? As a child. But he was given to us because he's a son. He's eternity. He was not created. He is the creator. He was not born because he could not be born because he's everlasting. He always existed. But when he became man, he had to be born as a human being. So God became human, but yet still God. And by him being God, he was able to taste death for every man. God provided his own blood system because in order to live as a human, you've got to have a blood system. If you think you can live without blood, you can't do it. You've got to have a blood system. And the blood system is already proven by mankind. Man cannot live with blood physically. You understand what I'm saying? He cannot love. He cannot live physically without blood. He has to have a blood system. So, but man can die if you remove the blood from his system, he can die. Well, when God became man, he became human, yet he was still God. He had the power over death, so he died. He physically died. And by him dying as a human being, God himself in him was able to raise himself in him, so God raised himself because he became woo, able to die physically that men may have a testimony, that men may have a perpetuation, that men may have an intercessor to take the penalty of sin, and Jesus took the penalty of sin for us. And when he died, he died for our sins. And by him dying for our sins, he paid the price for sin. And by him paying the price for sin, he's able to die, resurrect himself, come back from the grave. He paid the penalty. So now we have somebody, woo, not just anybody, we have somebody that took the penalty of sin on himself for us because we could not take it. We could not die for ourselves. Why? Because man is a sinful creature. Man is a low-down, dirty creature. He was born separated from God. And God made a way that he, what? He can be reconciled back to God. The only way that God could do that, he had to become a man and grew up as a grew up from from a baby to adolescent to a teenager to a grown man and when he became a grown man that was the same God that made the heaven and earth Jesus Christ is God cannot oh my God Jesus Christ absolutely is God Almighty he's God the Father he's God the Son and he's God the Holy Ghost. All three are one. They are co-equal. They have different offices to do. God the Father is the creator. Christ the Son is the Savior. Holy Ghost is the power 
for salvation through Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ paid the penalty for sin. And by him paying the penalty for sin, he was capable enough to forgive sin and to cleanse man from all sin. But man has some other way to try to get to God. Well, I'm here to tell you there's only one way you can get to God. There's only one way you can know God. There's only one way you can see God. There's only one way you can feel the power of God. The one way that you can understand God in the way of aspect. There's one way. There's one way. And that way is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the light. No man, no woman, no child. No old person, no mailman, no football player, whoever you may be, you can't get to God until you come to Jesus Christ. The Bible said if you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, the Bible said thou shalt be saved. So you can't go by Buddhism. You can't go by Shintoism. You can't go by the Baptist. You can't go by the Presbyterian. You can't go by the Catholic. You can't go by no denomination. You can't go by no uh, uh, your own works. You can't go by the color of your skin. You can't go by how rich you are, how poor you are. You can't go no way to get to God. You've got to come through Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ said, if you know me, you should have known my Father. He said, I am my Father one. He said, I'm in the Father and the Father in me. He said, the works that I do is not I, but the Father that's in me. In order for you to know God, you've got to come on in to Jesus Christ. Come on in. You just want to come on in. There ain't no other there ain't no other God like the God of the Bible, the God of the universe, the God of the ion and the eon, the God of the galaxy, the God of the moon star. He is a God. He designed it. He created it. He made it with his own power. Woo! Listen what it says. All right. For unto us a child is born. What's the child's name? Mary said, and in the 121 of St. Matthew, he said, you shall bring forth a child, and you shall call his name what? Jesus. Jesus means Savior, and anointed means, and, and Christ means anointed. The only anointed that I know, the only power that I know that it can anoint you is God Almighty through his Holy Spirit. He anoints you. So Jesus Christ means anointed, and G G Jesus Christ means anointed, but Jesus means Savior, and Christ means anointed. So God is our Savior in through Jesus Christ. And to us a son is given. And the government, what government? The government of God shall be up on his shoulders. In other words, this child's going to be born, this son that's going to be born, this son that's going to be given is God-given, us his only son, himself. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Now, who else could be named like that? Wonderful. God is wonderful. Jesus is wonderful. The Holy Spirit is wonderful. The Holy Ghost is wonderful. God, everything that God does is wonderful. He's a counselor. He can counsel to the sinner man. 
He can counsel to anybody that want to be counseled. The mighty God. What do you mean? The son is called the mighty God? The child is called the mighty God? That's what the Bible says, called wonderful counselor, the mighty God. The everlasting father? You mean to tell me the father's everlasting? So if he's everlasting father, he had to be given. But in order to become man, he had to be born. So you got the Godhead all wrapped up in one. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost, all three in one, sitting on one throne. Ain't no three sitting on the throne, all nothing but one with different offices and different positions. They are co-equal together. And the increase of the government and peace shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. The Lord sent a word unto Jacob, and it has enlightened upon Israel. This Savior that I'm talking about is referred to in the book of Isaiah 9 and 6. This is what? This is showing you that when Christ was born, or when this son was given, and the child was born, the child was born, the son was given, God was given. God is a gift through Jesus Christ of eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, meaning he always existed, but he was begotten of God, came in the form of a human being and was human, and yet, good God Almighty, is still God. Ain't lose the power, ain't lose nothing. He's still God all by himself. He brought salvation by himself. Nobody had to help him out the grave. Nobody had to help him to heal nobody. Nobody had to help him to walk on the water. Nobody had to help him to, to feed 5,000. Nobody had to help him to heal somebody else. He is a self-existent one, manifested in the flesh, seen of angels, justified by the Spirit, came on down through the atmosphere through 42 generations, wrapped himself up in human flesh and in Mary's womb, stayed in Mary's womb for nine months, and then he was called to be the son of God, and he was born in Bethlehem of Judea. And he came for one reason, one reason Jesus Christ came to this earth. And that was to save the human family. To save, listen to what I'm saying, to save the human family. The whole human family was lost. Was lost. Undone. Wretched. When Christ came, he come to seek and save those that what? Was lost. That means everybody was lost. And since they were lost, Christ came to save the lost, save the sinner, save the wino, save the drunkard, save the whoremonger, save the fornicator, save the unbeliever, save the white, save the black, save those that want to be saved. From what? Sin. What? Death. Grave, the hell, and hell's fire to save your soul. You only got one. You only got one soul. 
You don't want to lose your soul. You don't want to try to gain the whole world and lose your soul because if you lose your soul, that means you never knew or never came acquainted with Jesus Christ. And the only way you can know God, you've got to come by the cross. You've got to come by the blood. You've got to come by faith. You've got to become by forsaking your sin and repenting of your sin and confessing with your mouth and believe with your heart that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Whoa, God did it all by himself. Don't need nobody else. And guess what? Guess what? You don't have to guess. If Jesus Christ came the first time, if he came the first time to this earth and did that what he did 2,000 years ago, he came down here 2,000 years ago to do a mission that was impossible to any other so-called God or any other deity or any other entity. He did something that nobody else could do, and that was to die for the sins of the world so man would not be lost. And so now, the Bible says in what? Fourth chapter of Acts. Let's get Acts. Let's see. Let's see how. Let's see how the Bible says about being saved. Let's see what the Bible says in the book of Acts, four twelve. Four twelve. Let's get that real quick. In the back. In the book of Acts, four twelve. It says this. Listen to this. Real good. Real good. Of all the religions in the world, of all the entities in the world, all the demons that's working up on religion and got all kind of different names for religion, this is what Acts 4.12 says. Neither, neither is there salvation. Ain't no other salvation in any other, for there's none other name under heaven, given among men, whereby we must be saved. Oh, my God. Look at, look at that scripture. Look at it real good. It tells you there that there's no other way to salvation, or no other way to salvation, no other name, no other deity, no other God, but Jesus Christ who is God in the flesh, brought salvation by dying on the cross, giving up his life, beat beyond recognition, hung for six long hours, gave up the ghost in the ninth hour of the day, three o'clock in the afternoon, dropped his head between the locks of his shoulder, gave up the ghost, paid the penalty for sin. Sin is devastated. Sin is damnation. Sin is lost. Sin has no power for the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ wants to destroy sin. The only way that he can destroy sin without destroying you and bringing his wrath up on you is through his son, Jesus Christ, because Jesus Christ's wrath would fell upon him, and he took the wrath of God up on himself, and when he took it up on himself, he took it for you because you wouldn't be able to take it. You can't take nothing. Human man, human race can't take nothing when it comes to suffering. They can't take it. They can't take it. They can't take a needle stuck in their hand. They can't take pain. 
They could never, no human being upon this earth could have took the pain that Jesus took on Calvary. Because nobody, 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 not the Pope, not the priest, nobody, not your mama, not your daddy, not your sister, not your uncle, nobody, nothing, no other, no other name given among men where men can be saved other than the name of Jesus Christ. Apostle Paul said, at the name of Jesus Christ, every crooked knee, every rusty knee, every black knee, every white knee, every bent knee, every rusty uh, 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 arthritis knee, every knee is going to bow. If you don't bow now, you're going to bow later on. And if I was you, I would bow now because at that name, there is no other name higher than the name of Jesus Christ. There is no other name lower than the name of Jesus Christ because that name is above every name. And every tongue, every tongue, what the, what you call, what you talking about? Every crooked tongue, every dirty tongue, every long tongue, every short tongue, every white tongue, every black tongue, every Puerto Rican tongue, every Jewish tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, that Jesus Christ is God Almighty in human flesh, that Jesus Christ died upon the cross and it was God in the flesh. And when he died, he died for the sins of the world. And when he died, he died. And when he stayed, when he died, he died. and was dead for three days and three nights. But he already had instituted and he already had verified. He said, I'm not going to, you're not taking my life. I'm going to lay down my life. I have power. I have power. I have power to lay it down. And I got power to pick it up again. And he said, I got this from my father because he gave me my own power. And since he gave my own power, I can lay it down when I get ready, and I can pick it up when I get ready. And he laid it down at the cross. Oh, yes, he did. He laid it down. And when he laid it down, he died for me. Good God Almighty. And he died for you. And my job is to do this. My job is to repent of my low-down sins and my backbiting and my whoremongering and my uh, all my sins that I have done and put them at the foot of the cross and tell Jesus, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm turning away from sin and degradation. And I believe. I believe that you died for me once and for all. I believe that you got up on the third day morning. I believe, I believe you left earth and went back to heaven. And I believe that you're coming back again to get a church without a spot or wrinkle. I believe that you're going to descend from heaven with a shout. Oh, yes, he is. He's going to come from heaven with a shout this second time. This second time he's coming back. Amen. He's coming back in power and in great glory. The first time he came, he come to die. The second time he come, he's coming to judge. Where are you going to be found? Do you know him? Do you know him in the pardon of your sins? Have you been rejoiced? Amen. 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 Praise God. Yeah, bro. Hello? Praise God. 
One, two, three, can you hear me? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And he's real. And he came the first time just the way he promised it. And he promised that he would come back the second time. And every 2,000 years, something happened vividly in in the scriptures. And in the scripture, tells me from Adam, from Adam to Abraham, 2,000 years. And from Abraham, from Abraham to Jesus Christ, 2,000 years. And from Jesus Christ dying on the cross, 2,000 years. To 2,000 years is almost over. But before it's over, there has to be, there has to be a seven-year tribulation. And the seven-year tribulation is going to be fulfilled in the book of Revelation. The tribulation will be fulfilled in the book of Revelation. The revealing Christ. Christ is going to reveal himself the second time. When he reveals his second coming the second time, it will be called the end of the age. The end of the age is when Christ comes back to the earth. When he comes back to the earth, he cannot come back to the earth and rule and reign until the fulfillment of the seven-year tribulation. The seven-year tribulation is almost about to occur, but it cannot occur until Bible prophecy is being fulfilled. The last great biblical prophecy of the closest return of Jesus Christ is what? I'll tell you what it is. It's the return of the Jews back in the land, in the land. And that is Jesus Christ is coming back to judge the world. And by him coming back, that means that he he's getting ready to come back because of what? The fulfillment of the return of what? Of the Jews. It's back in the land. And by the Jews being back in the land, the Jews are getting ready to meet their Messiah, which is not their Messiah. I hope you can get a hold of that. They're getting ready to receive the false Christ, the Antichrist, the anti-God, fake, phony, satanic, Satanic powers. Satanic powers. The devil is the God of this world. The devil is the God of this world, and he is trying to take the place of God Almighty. He has been trying ever since the war started in heaven started in the very presence of God at his throne. And by him being rebellious and turbulent in heaven, God cast him out of heaven to earth. And now 
He has taken possession of the human race, and he had possession of the human race for 6,000 years. Well, his 6,000 years is up. He's almost done. But before he comes to an end, he has to come on the earth and imitate, try to imitate Christ. And by him trying to imitate Christ, the Jews are looking for him, and they believe and they will believe that he is Jesus Christ when he is not Jesus Christ. He's the Antichrist. He's an anti-God. He hates God. He hates Christians, and he hates the Jew. He hates everybody, whether you are Jew or Christian. He hates you. He hates you because God takes the human race as his prized possession. And his prized possession is Adam and Eve. And Adam and Eve brought forth what's the population of the earth today. And so now we're living in a time where the Jews are looking for their Messiah, and they have already missed him 2,000 years. 2,000 years. They've been going through 2,000 years in believing that Jesus Christ was never the Son of God. But now they believe, and they're going to believe, that this Antichrist is their Messiah, and he is not their Messiah. And when he come on the scene, he is going to put on a show. He's going to put on miracles. He's going to claim that he is God Almighty. He is going to sit in the temple. He is going to tell the world that he is God Almighty. He's going to do a duplicate resurrection, a phony resurrection of Jesus Christ, dying and coming back from life. He is going to deceive the whole world because of these miracles that he's going to do. And by doing it, he's prepared now to do what? He's preparing now to meet the Jews. And what is he going to do? What is he going to do? He is going to do exactly what Daniel said he was going to do. And Daniel said he's going to do this in the ninth chapter of Daniel. Here's what the Antichrist is going to do in the ninth chapter, the 27th verse. In the ninth chapter, the 27th verse. Brother, are you in? Oh, man, you pissed me up. One, two, three. Here we go. Here we go. Twenty seventh verse says, And he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. That one week is the seven year tribulation. Seven week years. Seven week years. And in the midst of the week he shall call the sacrifice and the oblation to cease for the overspreading of the abomination he shall make a desolate even until the consummation and that the term shall be poured upon the desolate. Now, this is a scripture in the Bible that tells you that this Antichrist is going to confirm a covenant with many for one week. He's going to make a promise that he will protect the Jewish people 
for seven years. Seven days in a week, this will be seven week years. In the midst of the week, he shall cause a sacrifice and the oblation to cease. And for the overspreading of abomination, he shall make it desolate, even until the consummation and the determined shall be poured upon the people. So now we're in a position now that the Jews are getting ready to master out and lay out the rebuilding of the third temple right now, today, tomorrow, and going into the fall year. It will progress and progress until it will be what? It will be noticeable to the whole world. The whole world is going to notice this when the Jews say we are ready to build the temple. And when they say that, when they say that we got all our priests, we got the menorah, we got the Ark of the Covenant, we got the place where we're going to put the temple, we got the material, we got the five red heifers, we got everything in order because when the Antichrist comes, they are going to have it together and the Antichrist is going to make a seven-year covenant with them and this seven-year covenant will say that the Antichrist will project, protect the whole Jewish nation. And by protecting the whole Jewish nation, we are going to say this, that the Jews will agree with the Antichrist, and they will say that this is the Messiah. And at the same time, other Bible prophecies will be fulfilled, such as the nations of the world, at least six of them, at least six nations are getting ready now to make an attack up on the Jewish people in Jerusalem right now. They're shooting missiles and uh, they're shooting ammunition. They're shooting guns. They're getting ready to what? To try to overtake Jerusalem. Where is that found at in the Bible? Let's go to the book of Psalms. In the book of Psalms, the 83rd division of Psalms, 83. Let's see what 83 says. 83 says, 83 says, a Psalm of Asaph. Keep thou not solid, O God. Hold not thy peace. Be not still, O oh God, please, God. Oh, oh, God, help us. We need help. This is the Jews talking. We need you. We need you right now. He said, for lo, thine enemies, what? Palestinian enemies, the Muslim uh, is the enemies of God. All false religions is the enemy of God. All, you hear what I say? All false religions are enemy of God. For lo, thy enemies make atonement, and they shall hate thee. The nations of the world now hate the Jew. Why? Because Satan hates the Jew. And Satan is working through the human race to disfigure the Jewish people and kill the Jewish people because Satan knows that the Jews is the one and the cause of Christ's 
being born and the Holy Scriptures written by Jews, Lord, read your Bible. 99.5 of the Scriptures written by Jewish men, 40, 40, 40, we got 40 authors that wrote the Bible. There's only one Gentile in there, and that's Luke, and he was a Greek physician. So the the Bible was written by the Jews, and by written by the Jews, the devil is trying to disfigure the word of God and cause it to fall, but it was written by God to holy men as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And now it says in the third verse, they have taken crafty counsel against thy people and consulted against thy hidden ones. They have said, come, let us cut them off from being a nation that the name of Israel may be no more in remembrance. You know what they're trying to do? You know what them nations are over there trying to do? They are trying to smile, smoke Israel off the map. Six nations are trying to smoke Israel off the map. They want to get rid of the Jews. And here in the 83rd Division of Psalms, it tells you what Ashab said. They have said, come, let us cut them off from being a nation that the name of Israel may be no more. In other words, smote them out. Smote them out. Get rid of them. We can't stand these people. These people, uh, uh, God chose them to show the other nations there's only one true living God. And we don't want to show the world that there's only one true living God. We want to bring our religions up. But this one true living God, which is the God of Israel, is the only one going to stand at the end because you can't blot him out, you can't arrest him, you can't fire him out, you can't freeze him, you can't deny him. Oh, you can deny him and be a fool. But let me tell you, God is God all by himself, and he chose Israel to be an example of the true and living God, and Satan knows that the Jews is God's chosen people. This is what they're doing. For they have consulted together with one consent. They are confederate against thee. The tabernacles of Edom, the Ishmaelites, the Moab, and the Hagarines, and the Gilbal, and the Amon, and the Amalek, and the Philistines, and the inhabitants of Tyre. Assyria is joined with them, have spoken the children of Lot. Do unto them as into the Midianites and Syria, and to Jabin at the book of Kishon, which perished in Endor. They became dung of the earth. Make the nobles of Oreb and Zebi. All the princes of Zeba and Zemala, who said, let us take ourselves the houses of God in possession. Oh, my God, make them like a wheel as the stubble before the wind, as the fire and wood as flame setteth the mountain on fire. Let me tell you something about that, the 83rd Division of Psalms. What's going on right now 
is going on right now in your presence on your TV set. They don't they don't put it on NBC, ABC. They don't do that because if they do that, they would drown out all the other news that's going on because this news going in Jerusalem. This is showing us that the word of God is getting ready to be fulfilled as it already is being fulfilled. Why? It's getting ready to tell you something getting ready to happen pretty soon because these nations, these uh, Mezabalah and uh, uh, Islam, all these armies that's over there, there's about six armies over there coming on from the north, the the south, the east, and the west, and they're bombing. They're shooting missiles. They're sending uh, guided missiles over there, bombing the cities and everything. Why? Because they are trying to defeat what 83rd Division of Psalm is telling us now, and the world is not paying attention. And the reason they're not paying attention because they care less about the Jews. But I'm concerned about the Jews, praying for the Jews, that God move his hand, and he is going to move his hand, whether I say it or not, because these nations here are trying to blot out what God purposed them to be there for in the Middle East to be what? The folk apart the focal point of the great God of Zion. God is going to establish his name in the Jerusalem. The Jerusalem is going to be the home place during the millennium reign of Jesus Christ. That's what God is going to rule through Jesus Christ in Jerusalem under millennium reign. We are going to be living in Jerusalem for a thousand years, and a thousand years is yet to be fulfilled. But before it's fulfilled, this here has to happen to let the world know, don't mess with the Jewish people. Let God do his plan. Let God do what he said he's going to do. He said he's going to restore the Jews. He said he's going to bring the Jews back. And when he bring the Jews back, you better look out, church. Look out, church. Look out, church. Because what the church is not doing, the church is not preaching the gospel. The church is not playing. they playing house. They think church is entertainment. They think church is a game. They think church is a place where you just get a little happy happy joy bug on you and go home. A church is what? The body of Christ. And the body of Christ is supposed to be telling the world what thus says the Lord God from Genesis to Revelation. And the church is not doing it. The preachers are not doing it. The reason why? Because they don't understand that God is God and what he said in his word is going to happen. And it's happening now. It's happening now. And God's going to let the world know who he is. So what we got now? We got Jerusalem, the focal point of Christ's return. We got Jerusalem, which now is in the hands of the Jewish people. We got Jerusalem, which now the Jews are preparing to fix up everything for the Antichrist, the Antichrist. When the Antichrist come on the scene, when the Antichrist get to power, guess what? They are going to make a covenant with the Antichrist, and the Antichrist is going to give them permission to rebuild the temple and establish old Judaism. And Judaism is no longer in power. Judaism was done away at the cross. When the veil temple rent from top to bottom, no longer Judaism is in power. Jesus Christ is in power because when he got up from the grave, he said, all power is in heaven and earth in my hand. 
And so what's going to happen next? As we go into the summer months, go into the autumn months, there's going to be a gathering. There's going to be some signing of a covenant. But before the signing of the covenant can come, before the Antichrist can make a covenant, before anything happens, the next thing is on the moon is the war in 83 division of Psalms, and then that's going to lead into World War Three with Russia. Russia, Gog and Magog, Meshach and Tumul shall come down from the northern, and when he comes from, down from the northern to make an attack upon Israel because the first attack in the 83 division of Psalms could not work because God intervened. Well, God is going to intervene on Russia, God and make God and intervene on Putin, and it's going to cause a world, listen, a World War Three, a World War Three where rockets are going to be shot through the air. Bombs are going to be dropped. And guess what? Guess what? A lot of people think the church is going to be here when that happens. Well, some of it is already happening before the church is even raptured up. Because now, the Six Nations in the book of Psalms, 83rd Division of Psalms, is on the verge now of breaking out of the all, all war. A hundred percent. And it's not going to work because nobody can destroy the Jew. You can't destroy a Jew. Those are people that will last forever. And if you've been born again, whether you're Jew or Gentile, you're going to last forever. And so what's happening now? The church is almost out of here. Because the church will not go through the seven-year tribulation. They won't see it. If they see it, it'll be from heaven because the Antichrist cannot come until, listen to me, the Antichrist cannot come. He's already here. He's in Western Europe. He's waiting in the wind. He's waiting for a day, an hour, and a month for him to come on the scene, but he cannot come now. And when he comes, he's going to what? He is going to do something that the world has never seen. I think the brother's in on me now, and I'm going, I'm going to try to ride this on out and give it to him because, amen, I missed him for the first uh, 45 minutes, and uh, I didn't know where he was on or not. But anyway, I hear his voice in the background, and I want him to come on in here and walk and talk with me on this, but I want to let him know and finish this up. The Antichrist is here on the planet right now. And if I had an airplane and some money, I, I would take you go and show you right now who he is. And a lot of people say, well, you can't do that. Well, come on, I can't do that. Through the word of God, you can do anything if it's right. And God has shown me, because I've been on this thing for the last 57 years. I've followed it all the way down ever since I've been preaching, 1965. I've, I've walked and talked walk the flow and talk the talk from the word of God. And when I found out who he was and where he came from and how long it would take him to get here, he is here now full grown. And the only thing that's holding him back, listen to me, only thing that's holding him back, guess what it is? 
It's the rapture. The rapture is the only thing holding the Antichrist back. But when the church is raptured up, that's when the Antichrist will arise. And when he arrives, he will rise on a super plan diplomacy. He will come on a police platform. And the world will be saying, this is what we've been waiting for. Because all the presidents of the United States, all the kings and princes of the whole world has never, never brought peace to this world. And when the Antichrist comes, he's going to bring a semi-peace. He's going to make like everything going to be all right. But it's not going to be all right. He's going to deceive the Jewish nation. But they're going to open their eyes because Christ is going to make sure they open their eyes. But the Antichrist is here. I'll give you a little information. He is coming out of Western Europe. He is the king of Spain. He's a married man. He is six foot three. He has four military four military services, Army, Navy, Air Force, and Marines. He can speak ten languages. He belonged to the Illuminati. He belonged to the Baphonets. He belonged to false worship. He belonged to the Catholic Church. He is a Catholic. And the Catholic word Catholic means universal. That's all it means, universal. And the world today is going into a universal one-world government, and the Antichrist will be the head of it, and the European common market will be his, be his puppets because he is going to rule the world in the last part of the three and one-half years. As we get ready to go over it and give it to the brother Jackson, uh, 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 I'm gonna let you go. Let him go ahead and wrap, not wrap it up, but let him go ahead and say what he got to say because I know he got a whole lot to say. Amen. So I'm gonna let him have it right now, brother. You go ahead and do what you got to do. Amen. Brother, encourage me, me and inspire me. Amen. Hey, amen. Amen. Hey, give me five more minutes, brother. I'll be on. Give me, give me five right. more minutes. Okay. Right. We are in a time now where we are getting ready. We're getting ready for a change in the government. The government's getting a Bitcoin is coming back. The iRobots are coming back. The I, the AIs, uh, 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 artificial intelligence. We got people getting ready to receive the mark of the beast in the computer chip. We got all these things columbered together under one to ten. We got the world economical system collapsing. We got the religious system collapsing. We got the political system collapsing. But by their collapsing, they're going to try to join all together under the influence and under the power of the Antichrist. The mark of the beast will unite with all the world is trying to do. They're trying to hold the government together under one world government, which will be led by the Antichrist. But when that happens, that means that the only time they can perform this year, this year's setup is after the rapture. The rapture will occur in the book of Revelation at the fourth chapter. The fourth chapter is the rapture. After the rapture, you don't find the church no more until 
the 19th chapter of Revelation. The church will not be here during the tribulation period because the tribulation period is not for the church. The tribulation period is for the Jews to be restored in the land. So anybody that's preaching uh, 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 replacement theology, they're alone. They're, they're a liar because God is not going to replace uh, Israel with the church. The church is the body of Christ. Israel is the nation in which God used in the Old Testament that they did not fulfill their mission, but God is going to give them permission to fulfill their mission during the seven-year tribulation. And their mission starts in the book of Revelation at the seventh chapter. The seventh chapter says, I saw four angels, and these four angels is going to seal, uh-oh, look here, look here. They're going to seal 144,000 Jews to do what? Preach the gospel. Preach the unadulterated word of God. Preach it in the morning. Preach it on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Preach it on January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November. They're going to do that for three and one half years over the whole round world. The whole world is going to hear the gospel of the kingdom. They're going to hear it from the Jews, not from the church. The church has had 2,000 years to preach the gospel of grace, and guess what? They ain't doing it. They're preaching the gospel of grace. They're preaching the gospel of works. They're preaching the gospel of looking good. They're preaching the gospel of, of look at me, look at them. They're preaching the gospel of separation. They're preaching the gospel of high and low. They ain't preaching the gospel. If you preach the gospel, you got to start from Genesis all the way across Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Hosea. Come on, Malachi, Nahum. Come on. You got to come on down to John the Baptist. Come on down. Come on down where Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River. Come on. Come on down where he was nailed to the cross. Come on now. Nail to the cross for our sins, for our crazy self. Don't you know man was born half insane? You're born in sin. You're born half insane. Because once you get old enough and know what sin is, guess what? Most people go insane because they love that sin. They love that sex. They love that backbiting. They love that money. They love that prestige. They love it. And so what they do, they love that drug. They love that homosexual. And Jesus Christ died, beat him up, stripped him of everything he had, took his life, and didn't even give a second thought of it, and walked all over his grave. They tried to. <laughs> Woo! There's people today walking all over the grave. Well, he ain't in the grave. He's sitting on the right-hand side of the Father, making intercision for you and I. And when he come back, he's not coming back patting nobody on the back. He's coming back as a warlord. He's going to fight against the wickeds and the sinners and the rebellers and the liars. He's going to fight, and he's going to destroy the armies that gather around Jerusalem at the Battle of Armageddon. When the Battle of Armageddon comes, guess where I'm going to be? I'm going to be riding back. From heaven. Oh, hallelujah. I'll be riding on a white horse. I'll be riding. And Jesus Christ will lead me and lead the church back. The only time the church was mentioned in Revelation is in the 19th chapter of Revelation. When he said, I saw heaven open and I saw one sitting on a white horse. He that sat on him had eyes as flame of fire, had white bombing on. 
had many crowns on his head, and he had a name on his thigh that no man knew but himself. And when he rolled, he rolled with the grace of ease. He rolled with grace. And he tell me when he came down, he fought against the armies of the world at the battle of Armageddon. Amen. And the valley right now is getting ready for that battle. Mm. Because by the year 2020, what? 2030. I believe it. I believe it. I'll live on it. I'll, I'll, I'll die for it. I believe Jesus Christ will come back to this earth in 2030. Why? Because 30 is a known number in the Bible. Jesus Christ was 30 years old when he started his ministry. He stayed on the earth 33 and one and a half years. Good God Almighty. Number three in the Bible is the age of the high, the priests are able to be a, a priest. 30. 30. When a man becomes 30, he is a full man. He's a man. And Jesus Christ, when he comes back, he's coming back, I believe, with the church. What kind of church? A holy church. What kind of church? Justified church. What, uh, what kind of church? A blood-washed church. Whoo! The blood of Jesus Christ will wash your soul white as snow. You can say you can say, thank God, thank God. He got rid of sin. He didn't have to get rid of me. He loved me. That's why he died for me. That's why he died for you. So he wouldn't have to get rid of you in the judgment. He wants you to come to the cross. He wants you to receive Christ now. Don't think you're going to be pretty all your life. Don't think you're going to have that strut all the time. Don't think you're going to have your eyesight all the time. Don't think you're going to be walking up straight all the time. Good God Almighty, you better die with somebody. And you can't die with your husband. You can't die with your children. You better die with Jesus Christ. Because if you leave this world, Lord, have mercy. Woo! If you leave this world, oh, hallelujah. If you leave this world without Christ in your life, without accepting him and trusting in him and rely on him and depend upon him and hope in him and love him, if you die without the blood of running through your veins, through the Holy Spirit, you're going to look up in hell. You're going to look, I know you're going to look up in hell. Because if George E. Bazaar, I'm getting ready to close. I'm giving it to the brother. If George E. Bazaar of Warren, Ohio, 78 years old, come on now, I'm going to tell you like this. If I have to be born again, if I have to be born again, to get to heaven and see Jesus for myself and hold his hand. If I have to be born again, so do you. So do you. Amen. Your mama, your daddy, your sister going to have to be born again. Because Jesus told Nicodemus this, except the man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Think about that. Think about that. God bless you, those that's out there. Listen to what the word of God says. Brother, go ahead and walk, walk, walk with me a little bit. Amen. Amen. All glory be to the most high, brother. It is a blessing. Amen. For you. Amen. It's a testament of Amen. 55 plus years. I believe you said 57 years in preaching. Yes, sir. And 78 yes, sir. years. Amen. That is a blessing, brother. And I have to say this because I was talking about you to my brother the other day. I said, you know what? 
I said, for that brother to be seventy eight years old, he should get around he should get around good, amen. He don't he don't act like he's seventy eight. Amen. He act like he's ten or fifteen years younger than what he is. Amen. I told him that. I said, Really brother act like he's twenty years younger than what he is because you have such a um amen, you have you have a spiritual energy about you that most people can't boast because they they didn't ruin themselves by partying and smoking and drinking and drugging. <laughs> and the bodies are worn down. Amen. I mean that, brother. Nobody's watching. I, I mean the same for you, too, brother. Amen. Same Amen. All glory be to the most high. Amen. Amen. Man, I seen I seen when you cast it, man, this brother here, I said, he's 78. I said, brother, he at the time I believe you were like 77. I said, brother, 77. I said, man, that brother don't seem like he's 77 years old. I said, this brother gets around well. Amen. He moves and walks. He ain't heart, bent brother. over. Hey, he ain't limping or nothing. Amen. He don't miss a beat. We can, he can hold a good, straight conversation. Hey, that's, that's, that's from serving God. See, people don't understand. Yeah, I got to yeah. say this real quick. People don't understand. There are blessings yes, it is. in the spirit. When you serve Same God, you. don't you know that God will protect you? And, and, and yes, I've been holding out on, on, on saying this over the air for years. But I think I'm going to go ahead and say it today. This is just, just me, brother. Amen. And, and you may agree or disagree, but this is just me. This is what I believe. I look at my mom and my dad, and I look at how they passed away. And, and compared to the way that other people die in the world, my yeah. parents and grandparents passed a peaceful way. Amen. Come on, preacher. Amen. They, amen. They, they, they died on the deathbed. Wasn't Come nobody on, beating them across the head. Wasn't nobody no. shooting them. Amen. It, it, it wasn't ran over by a train or a car. I'm just saying, Come amen. On. And, and I'm just talking about Tim. I'm not down to nobody. I'm not down to no. my loved one on, on how they passed away. But I'm just saying, I happen to know that most people who serve God, and I understand this may not be all, but and I'm not saying that your loved one didn't serve God because they mm-hmm. may have surpassed the way. I'm just simply saying, most people that I know that have served God, they live to be mature in age. God bless them, live 70, 80 years, yeah, 90 years. Yeah, They're yeah, yeah. healthy better than most people in their 20s. I've been to the hospitals, and people in their 20s, I'm talking about 30s, 20s. God, Come on, preacher. Something wrong with their bodies. I'm talking about yeah. a dire situation. I'm talking about dying, almost out of here. And you got folks that live 50, 60 years past the age of 20, come still on, in the right mind, can hold a good conversation. They, 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 they're not fading away. And, I, and I, I believe, this is just me, I believe this is just due to how you take care of your body, the sure, foods right. you eat. Not yes, drinking and being an alcoholic, not 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 drugging and smoking, just getting high, just turning up your body, uh, 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 drinking, drugging, smoking. Drug. People just don't know. You turn up your body, not drinking enough water. I tell people, man, water is life. You want to help yeah. your health situation, consume over a gallon of water every day. I have people Come all the time that tell me, I like I'm in my early 30s or mid-30s. I said, no, brother, I'm 50. And I tell them all the time, I have people come up and tell you, you still feel, I, I see one of my class, this is not, this is not boasting or bragging. I don't care no, if you no, think it is, no. this is not. I had a classmate that I hadn't, I hadn't seen, really, I, hadn't, I don't think I've seen her since high school or elementary. She said, Tim, you still look the same. And I've had several of my classmates to tell me that. You still look the same. It's a blessing. It, yes, it, it is, it, brother. It, 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 it's a blessing. It's a privilege. It's a honor 
to Why? serve God. Go serve you. He will come take on, I'm just telling you what I know. I got two older brothers that serve God, and, and they look good for their age, older than me. All, All right. my brothers are older than me. My oldest brother is 17 years older than me, still in good health. He, he, he's over 65 years old, come retired. On, Amen. He's a come school, on. he's a college professor, retired. And, and I just think about some of the things, amen, some of the things that, 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 that the saints do and how they live and how they give their life to God and their time. And I know that this is just me. I'm just speaking on behalf of All right, brother, tell the testimony. Amen. This is a testimony. Don't you know that there are some benefits? Woo. Yes, it is. Let me say it again. Let me say it again. It's some benefits. Benefits. Mm. Benefits. Benefits, everlasting earth. benefits. Everlasting. Come on, brother, and talk to me. Everlasting yeah. benefits. <laughs> everlasting benefits. Oh, yeah. man, you just don't know. You look good. Your health is better than most. Amen. It don't mean that, it don't mean that, that, that you may not have something, but you still may be in good shape. You may still Amen. be in you, you may be dealing with uh, uh, some type of terminal illness, but I know that the saints of God, they ain't Come talking on. about killing themselves. They ain't, talking about, they ain't sitting up talking about killing themselves. I told you no. all the other week a story about this rich man that, uh, uh, that had a jet plane, had a nice jet plane, came into world with this plane where I used to wear, fill, where I used to fill up the jets. I used to put fuel in their planes and, and jets. And this man went into the bathroom and took his own life. Let me tell you about the saints of God. All because he found out he had counsel. That this is what they told me. I don't know. But I know that the saints of God, we handle life different. We go through the same thing you go through. We deal with the same uh, uh, stress, sins. There's another one I'm looking for. Temptations. We deal with yeah, the same yeah, temptation yeah. that the yeah. world deal with. We yeah. just handle things different. Not because yes. we're better than anyone. Not because no, we think no. we're better than anyone. Not because we think we know something more than you. No. It's because the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, dwells and lives within the believer. Amen. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit talks to Tim and say, Tim, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do this. Don't 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 drink this. Don't don't smoke that. Don't 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 indulge and mess with them women. I go through the same thing that the people in the world go through. You think there ain't things that I, I desire to do sometimes, or some things the devil has told me preacher. and come at me a certain way, say, well, why don't you drink that drink? They ain't going to hurt you, Tim. Go on, drink them drinks like you used to drink. They ain't going to hurt you, no. Go on, them drinks taste good. Come Just on, don't it make man. you feel good. Don't it make you feel good? <laughs> That's how the devil, <laughs> That's how the devil went, brother. Don't that feel good to you? Come on, That's how man. the devil is. Don't that feel good? Come on and let me do something good to you. That's how the devil is. Yes, he is. But the Holy Spirit. See, this is why I tell Holy people Spirit. that the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, nothing more powerful than the Holy Ghost. The nothing, Father, the nothing. Son, and the Holy Spirit, nothing more powerful nothing than God himself. Yahweh, the Most High God. Let me tell you something. Amen. I tell people this all the time. A demon cannot possess. Amen. Listen to me. That's right. Cannot that possess a believer. No. Not nobody with the Holy Ghost. People no. talking about, oh, I'm going to put this voodoo and this hoodoo. Oh, you go right ahead. It'll bounce off me and hit, get in you. Because that's all that stuff is. All that voodoo and witchcraft, that's all it is, is demons. 
Demons, demons. Tell you all the time, demons can't affect us. People talk about, oh, they're going to put something in your food. Go right ahead. It don't affect me. I got the Holy Spirit, baby. Come on now. We got Come to on, know how, who we serve. I know who I serve. I know a lot of people. All right, all serve right. The they serve me all these witchcrafts and, and, and Catholicism and, and, and Muhammad and, and, and Allah, all these false Come demonic Come on, you go right ahead and serve that nonsense if you want to. These Mormons and all these other false, well, what's that, the Jehovah Witness, all these Jehovah fake religions. religions. You go right ahead. I don't have a religion. I have a Savior. <laughs> Come on. What you got? What you got? I got a Savior. I got eternal life, brother. The Bible says, what does it say? For God so loved the world yeah. that he gave his only begotten son yeah. that whosoever believeth in yeah. him should not perish but have yeah. everlasting, everlasting life, not temporary life. I heard the brother say earlier in the show because I was listening to him. I heard him say that once saved, always saved. You got these preachers that are preaching this nonsense that you could fall from salvation. That's a lie from the pits of hell. That's the oh, devil. Hell. Speaking and preaching that fear. See, that's nothing but fear. Oh, you can lose your salvation. That's fear. That's that's fear. That's nothing but the devil teaching that nonsense. God don't teach that. That has nothing to do with God. God gives us eternal life. And says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead, that thou shalt be saved. And there is no other God but the God that we serve from heaven, the God of the Israelites. There is none more powerful than the God that we serve. And as as the uh, John the Revelator said, Amen. When the angels asked him, he said, He said, Why are you crying? Amen. He said, There was one that was found worthy. Oh my God! Come on, the come Lamb on. that was slain for the sins of the world. Amen. On. One that was found worthy to redeem us from sin. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank Amen. You, Jesus. I, and I wasn't, I wasn't even going. I wasn't even going to share that, that. I just got into the spirit. Go and ahead. Just decided to share that. Amen. But I apologize earlier. I had fell. Okay. I had fallen asleep. I said I'm gonna take me a nap before I get on the air. But I had fallen asleep. <laughs> I didn't wake up until almost four thirty. I said, "Man, look at here. I was trying to get in." Amen. I was a little bit of God. But I was tired, man. I said, man, I'm tired. I know you were. I was, I was falling asleep. I said, man, let me All get right. That's okay, Doc. Amen. Brother, let, let me give me some a nap. Amen. I thank God for his grace. And I'm glad I'm able to get on with you tonight. Amen. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Amen, brother. Amen. You're welcome. The hour is drawing near. Amen. It, near our salvation. It's not an hour of despair for the saints. The brother just talked about the rapture earlier. I heard him talking about it. Amen. That the Antichrist cannot, will not, shall not come on the scene until the church is gone home. Amen. <laughs> God has all power and authority. People keep serving this devil, this weak nonsense. He ain't got no power. No. No comparison. Amen. If you want to compare God to Satan, Satan is a negative trillion and God is a trillion. If you want to put a comparison, he can't compare to God. He is nothing. No. God created Lucifer. And people had a nerve to run and serve the devil and get this 666 nonsense. Don't you know that the mark of the beast is coming? Don't you know that the great tribulation, we have the tribulation, like the brother said yesterday, he said something so profound. And I said, man, and, brother, what's so funny about you saying that, I have a prophecy book that I've been having since school, since I went to uh, seminary school into eschatology. 
They gave me this prophecy book as a gift. Brother, this book has been sitting at the top of my closet for years. And I finally was cleaning out my closet. And I took this Bible, this book from out the closet, started reading it. Don't you know that I read that book today and it said the same thing that you just said yesterday? It talks about the tribulation. In the second, the last three and a half years, I said, Lord, look at that. Ain't nothing but the Spirit. Is the great tribulation. And I just shared with you earlier how the church, once we are raptured, we're going to receive our rewards, our judgment at the Bama seat. Then, then we're going to get, then, then we're going to prepare ourselves for the Lamb Supper. Brother, we're going to be there at the Lamb Supper. Supper. And then after that, all Christ fixing to put in work. Because his, because the, those angels, they're going to go and get the scrolls from the Lamb. The Lamb said the last three and a half years, that's the day of the Lord. It's time for me yes, to take sir. punishments, amen, judgments, and punishments. He said he's going to put on. in some work. He's going to go pound town on the sinners. Those that have rejected him are going to pay. And we're going to get into detail because we know the months are drawing near. We're going to go back. We're going to get in-depth in Revelation. We're going to go back to, to study, talking about uh, um, the, those scorpions, talking about the, how the sea is going to turn to blood. And all everything that was living in the sea will die. Everything that's living in any body of water in the, on the earth is going to die. They're not going to have water to drink. They think, they Lord, think that, they, they think that, man, I'm going to tell you something. If you think. For once, that I want anything to do. I mean anything to do, Lord have mercy, with being here during the tribulation, man, you've lost your mind. And no, you no, have teaching this nonsense that the church is going through the, tri- through the, tri- the great tribulation, the tribulation, once again, you lost your mind. The church won't be here. Amen. We'll we will here. not be here. I've had people say silly stuff, but like, well, we already in, in, in the trip. We already no, in, no, no, in no, the no. tribulation. I said, what in the, brother? What in the world are you talking about? We are already in the tribulation. No, no, I said, no. no we, we, you have folks that think that they thought all oh, the church is falling away and the end of Christ is on. Brother, the church is already falling away. It's been falling away for the past 100, 100 plus years. The church is already falling away from Christ. We are in the last church age, the Laodicean yes, church. Yes, that is proof that the church has fallen away from Christ. Don't you see it? Don't you see any time that, let me tell you something. The church has fallen away when you got pastors that admit that they gay and the people in the congregation still following them. Come on. I said, Lord, have mercy. I had a friend from Fort Worth, Texas, told me that. He said, brother, I said, ma'am, he told me about this pastor. I think it was an associate pastor associated with that church. He told me that this church stood up, this pastor stood up in church and said he no longer wanted to be with his wife. He said he had a beautiful wife. I said, what? Talking about he wanted to be with a man. Whoa! The church board should have threw him out the church that day. They should have no longer let him speak in the church. See, this is why, this is why you can't give man too much power in these positions because they go, they get up and get all this pride, get all this money. And, and the Bible talks about, about money and, and how it's the root of all evil. Yeah, they get yeah. caught all this and, I'm, I, and I know that some people are already like that. When you give them money, they just worse. Get up in church and talk all this nonsense about he want to be with a man. And he ain't the only one. I was watching a documentary, some on some little church that they had on TV, this pastor in Atlanta, his wife knew no he gay. And he got a he got a mega church. I'm like, these folks follow this nut. 
Lord, I said, man, you, you can get out of here with that nonsense. I'm talking about, please, y'all follow this man, and the woman follow him. He up talking about he gay. So your husband Lord, with other men, and you okay with it? Lord, I, so you already know the church has already fallen away. Well, we already yeah, started yeah. to fall away of the church. We're just waiting for the for the for Christ to call the church home. Come on, come on now, come on, come on now. The brother already talked now. about the gathering together, known as the rapture. He already talked about it. Amen. The the Antichrist, like the brother said, he is waiting, sitting back watching. <laughs> he already know. The devil yeah. already know. The evil people, the people, the, the Luciferian already know. They can't do nothing until the Holy Spirit step back. Come on. And you want to serve a weak God that has an answer to my God? Well, you go right ahead. Because my God is the God of heaven, the God of Come the children of Israel. The God, the, 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 he is the author and creator of all things in existence. Yeah. Most living and dead. That is my God. Ooh, yeah. Such a powerful God. Such a powerful statement. I'm going to share this with you. I'm going to get back, get ready, give it back to the No, brother. go ahead, brother. I want to share this with you. Amen. I want to share this because what I originally came to talk about was uh, I touched on it a little bit last week. Hey, man, I'm kind of getting a little parched. Let me give me something to drink before I get started. Amen. I originally came to talk about um, the rich man and Lazarus, amen. I think I I started on it last week or yesterday. Talked about it a little bit yesterday. So yeah, I talk about a little, little bit, little bit, amen. A little bit of it today. Amen, amen. Give me something to drink, amen. You know how it is, amen. Go ahead, bro. Get excited. Get to talking about the Lord, amen. Now watch this. Watch what it says. This is um, Luke the 16th chapter, verses 19 through 31. But the verses I'm going to focus on is mainly verses 25 through 31. But I'm going to go ahead and read it, then we're going to break it down. We're going to get into the word. Amen? Luke, Amen. the 16th chapter. Amen. If I, if I got a little time, brother, I'm trying not to take too much go time. Go ahead. Go ahead. Take your time. You got Luke, the 16th chapter, verses 19, verses 19 through 31. This is about the rich man and Lazarus. Or as some know it as Davies, which is the Latin word for rich man. So Davies and Lazarus. Amen. Let us read. Verse 19 says, There was a certain rich man, which was clothed in purple and fine linen, and fired sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate, full of swords, and designed to be fed with crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores, and it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham. Mm, mm, yeah. The rich man, amen. The rich man also died and was buried. In hell, and in hell he lifted up his Whoa. being in torments, and seed Abraham afar off. And Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And said, Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Amen. Amen. Now, I'm going to briefly go over verses 19 through 24 as I have. All right. I'm going to call your attention to verse 22. 
As you know, that it is announced that the beggar died first, it seems. Amen. At least that's the way it has it stated. And then the rich man died. Amen. Yeah. Now, now the, the, the question that many scholars and, and theologians try to ask about this context, this parable, first of all, let's, let's make it known that, that Christ did, didn't just state things, just, just to state them. There had to be, we believe as the believers in Christ and, and the people who study God's word, amen, that this Come was on. not a made-up story by Christ. That this no, was actually, no, no. no. It was not fictional. Amen. It was probably right. more than likely non-fictional. In other words, it was not fictional. Hey, non-fictional. Amen. Non-fictional. Because we wouldn't understand the presence of Christ. What would be the person making up this story about hell and these these two men? Amen. Come we believe on, that this story on. has some validity and some reality to it. Amen. One of the, the the main questions that theologians and scholars ask about this this parable of Christ was it written in red, so we know Christ wrote it. One of the stories that they, they wonder was, was this Lazarus of Yeshua time, or was this a different Lazarus during the time of Abraham, since uh-huh. the rich man did ask about Abraham. So he was in Christ's time. That means that he'd have been probably a couple thousand years, or almost 2,000 years away from the time of Abraham, or at least 1,500 years away from Abraham, meaning that how would he have known that that was Abraham? Then there is this thought also that when you die, you recognize people, amen, and, and that's Come just on, what some you. people, I've heard, I've heard some people preach that at church and say that when you die, you're going to recognize even people that wasn't even in your time, now, I don't know how that is, and I'm not saying that, I'm just saying I've heard that, I'm not saying that that's in scripture, amen, that maybe the brother know, I'm going to ask him in a little bit, amen, and maybe he know, but nonetheless, amen, the rich man recognized who? He recognized Abraham. And this yeah. is the discussion the discussion between right now the rich man and what? Abraham, because he said, what did he say? He said, uh, uh, um, he said over in the verse, he says, um, and in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and see Abraham afar off. Yeah. Now notice that, amen, back before Christ came, paradise was the saints of God went that, that believed in Christ and served God, they went to paradise. All so right. God has Anybody. always had a Amen. Amen. I, I want to show you something in this comparison. Because there, there are a couple of comparisons I want to show to you. The first one I want to show you is torments, judgments, and punishments is not for the righteous. Amen. It's Come not on, preacher. constant constant judgment and punishment is not for the saints. Amen? Amen. It's just not. It's for the wicked. And what I want to show you is a is a contrast between this story here and the great tribulation that's coming. God Come is on. not going to allow the saints to go through the great tribulation. It makes no it makes no all throughout the Bible God separates man from judgments and punishments. Come on, Hell is judgments and punishments for the wicked that chose not to serve God in this life. And because of that, God separates those who do choose to serve him. This was the advantage of the poor. God, Christ said that, that, that there's an advantage to being poor. You can see God more when you're poor because you have a tendency to call on and want mercy when you're poor. People who are rich, they don't look for mercy. They don't, they, they, they're God. No, no. They're wealth. All the things that they have. 
and they have a tendency to, to be blinded and not see God and say, I don't need God. I had a rich man tell me that one time. I don't need to hear that. I don't need, I don't need God. I don't need that because you want to know why? They're blinded by the things of this world. Satan has blinded them from God. Yes, he has. So you see, amen, amen. So you see Lazarus when it says that, and when it says that the rich man saw Lazarus afar off, there was a separation. In, the, in, in wherever hell and paradise was, many believe that was in the earth, there was a separation in this spiritual realm that kept those that served God in a place of peace. Amen. And they saw each other. Amen, as you can see, a, Amen. As you can see that Abraham saw Lazarus, and Lazarus saw he was with Abraham. So there yeah. had to be some fellowship in this realm that uh, of, of paradise. But there also is a place where the dead, of the wicked dead go, which is called hell. Amen. Uh-huh. And this Amen. is where the rich man, this is where he went. And the Bible said that he was in torment. Torment. And he lifted up his eyes in hell, and he see Abraham and Lazarus afar off. And Lazarus was in the bosom of what? Abraham. Now, the Abraham. reason why it's called the bosom of Abraham, because we know that Abraham is what? The father of of believing. Amen. He was a father yes, of believing. Sir. Yes, sir. Amen. He was, amen. He was a father. In other words, because he believed God. And so they was, and he was the father of belief. And because he was the father of belief, those that believed God went where? They had faith in him. They went to what? Paradise. Paradise. Therefore, it, amen. Amen. Therefore, it was deemed the bosom of Abraham, which is also known as paradise, but the but the alias is the bosom of Abraham, and paradise is the same place, amen? Not saying that paradise did not exist before Abraham, but it was just deemed uh, 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 the bosom of Abraham because he was the what? The father of belief. And you can find that yes, over sir. in, uh, I believe it's Romans. It Romans. Uh, let me see if I can find it real quick. It's over in Romans, I think it's the third chapter. Hey, man, I'm going to see if I can find it real quick, brother. I hope I got a little more, more time. I'm going to jump up. I'm going to get into it, brother. Go ahead, brother. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Amen. Um, amen. Here it is. It's, it's actually Romans, the fourth chapter, verses 1, 2, and 3. You get a chance to read that. For um, Abraham was justified. Uh, he wasn't justified by words, but he was justified by what? Faith. He's the father of faith. Yes, he is what, he's the father of faith. That's what they call it. He was called Abraham the father of faith. Amen. And, 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 and back, back, back to our story, Luke, the 16th chapter. Now I'm going to get into uh, the 25th verse. Now, I want to show you something before I get started. Remember this separation and how great of this separation from paradise to hell was in the spiritual realm. There is a contrast that Christ also used in this parable. In other words, the separation is the rich and the poor. Uh-huh. How great of a separation from rich being rich to poverty. Well, when you're in poverty, you have basically nothing. Most people who are homeless and poor have nothing. Or you could be considered poor and have a roof over your head, a little bit of food, not much clothes, but you could still be considered what? Poor. Rich. So there's a great separation between those that are rich and those that are poor. Now let's look at those that are rich. People who are rich, 
their territory is enlarged. In other words, they got a great big house, plenty of money <laughs> in the bank. I told you I worked in banking for years, and I've seen some, I've seen some stuff that most people probably don't even know about. I've seen account balances that will make you do a double take. I've seen $50 million <laughs> in the person's account. Amen, doctor. I've seen $50 million in the person's account. Talk to millionaires over the phone. Shoot millionaires meetings. Amen. When I've done, when I was in the corporate world, I've seen some stuff. I'd be like, man, this person. I've seen some three million dollar houses. I've seen some rappers' houses. Amen. And dealt with their loans. Amen. I can't. Even, I want to announce it, but I've dealt with their loan. Three point five million dollar houses. One point five million dollar houses of people who got money. Seen credit cards. Uh, a fifty thousand dollar credit card. Credit card balance. I didn't even know this, brother, until I started working in corporate America uh, way Come back on, in the late nineties. Amen. I've seen credit card balance of one point three million. One point. I said, "What? Who got credit? Who got credit? What type of credit you got to have to have a credit card that can buy a house? I'm talking about they can put a house. Oh, y'all not hearing me? I'm talking well, about the great separation between the rich and the poor, between those that are in hell and then those that are in paradise and those that are in hell. I'm talking about the great separation that God has between the just and the wicked. Y'all not hearing me. I'm trying to tell you that the church shall not, will not go through the great tribulation because there's a great separation, a great gulf that separates those of us that believe in God and those of us that, that reject God. There's a great Come separation. On, and you better Come believe on. that we, we will not and shall not go through the great tribulation because it is not for the saints to go through the judgments and punishments of Christ. Amen. He's going to separate us and keep us. And as he says over in Revelation, the third chapter, verse 10, that he's going to keep us from the hour of temptation. Right. Number of weeks shall not have right. to go through it. Amen. And I want to use this parable. To explain that to you, amen, watch what it says in verse 25. It says, but Abraham said, son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things and likewise Lazarus evil things. Now, there's something here that I want to take note. Notice that Abraham is not the judge of Dives, the rich man. He's not judging him. He's just, he's just recalling how he lived compared to how Lazarus lived. God's going to give right. us power and authority in the last thousand years. We're going to, we're going to be rulers over nations. And I want you to Come see on. that. And you, you see the example of Abraham here in verse 25 of the authority that he has to speak to the lost man, the rich man, in this manner. He just simply, he said, remember, he's recalling to him that in thy lifetime, thou receivest what? Good things. He actually he ate good. He had plenty of food, plenty of money. He had money to throw away. Had nice clothes, probably a nice big home, comfortable. Probably had uh, male and, and female servants to wait on him hand and foot. He was rich, which was a difference between Lazarus and how he said, and likewise Lazarus evil things. And if I can recall your attention back up to verse twenty-one, and he says, he says when when uh, Lazarus. He, uh, verse 20 and 20 said that Lazarus was what? Full of sores as he laid at the come feet. On, he didn't on. have a home. He didn't have a place to live. He didn't have a roof over his head, clothes on his back. The Bible said that he laid at the gate. Oh, my gosh, that's terrible. So, so in other words, he was affected by the elements. He was affected by the wind, the, the, the rain, the cold, the heat. He was affected because he probably didn't have a place to stay. Then he laid at the gate, meaning that, you know what? He didn't have anywhere to go. 
He didn't have a bed to lay in. He Lord, didn't have a table Lord, to sit at, but he was full Lord. of sores and sinners. And watch what it said. He said, and moreover, in other words, to make matters worse, the dogs came and licked his sores. Lord, have mercy. That means that he mm-hmm. tried to have much clothing on him to cover his body that the dogs, and you know that's bad. He, was, he wasn't concerned about the dogs licking on him. He was more concerned about food to eat. All he wanted was what? The crumbs which fell from the rich oh, man's table. Amen. But watch what it says in verse 25. Spencer, I want you all to know that soon and very soon we're going to be comforted. You don't have to worry about getting up, going through these headache jobs, being stressed, not worry about people who hate you, who don't like you. But watch what it says in verse 25. Verse 25 says, but now he is confident, and thou art tormented. Do you see how the rose high flips, high switch? The people who are rich, they ain't got to worry about nothing. They ain't concerned about bills, no electric bill. They ain't worried about no car, no being paid. They ain't worried about nothing. But the rose are going to switch. Oh, God, have mercy. It's going to be They're going to be tormented. And watch, I'm going I'm to shut it down in a minute. It says, and beside all this, between us and you, there's a great gulf. See that gulf? They which would pass from hence to you cannot. See? You see that? So I want you to know that once the church is raptured, those that are left here, they can't come to heaven. Does see how great that gulf is? You can't get mm. to heaven. If you don't know how to get there, amen. Only the angels in heaven know how to get there because they're going to carry you to, to heaven when you pass away. Only Come Christ on, knows, only God knows the path to heaven. You see that great ghost that's fixed? See, see, Christ went, so when Christ died and was raised from the dead, he took the saints that was in the earth, in the bowels of the earth, to heaven and paradise. Now, watch this. Now, I want to show you the victory of Christ. I'm going to get ready to turn back over to the brother. Go ahead, brother. Go ahead. Work with it. The victory in Christ was so powerful that Christ wanted to show Satan, I got the keys to death and hell. And no longer do those that love me will have to be, be even given a thought of going to hell. That's how far away from the saints are from going to hell. They're so oh. far that now that they are that they, they're past the sky. The sky is huge. If you ever flown in a plane, if you have flown in a plane, the distance between the earth and the plane and the sky is high. Thousands of feet, tens of thousands of feet in the air. Well, don't you know that when you get into space, that hell and space is so far, it's such a great gulf. But don't you know that from the third heaven where God is to Come hell, and such a great distance that man can't fathom how far heaven the third heaven is away from hell. That, that's how far, that's how great a victory we have in Christ, that he has separated on, so far from the wicked, so far from the unjust, so far from the demons and fallen angels and Lucifer himself. They can't touch you. That's how safe you are in God's arm. That he wants you to know that you are safe in his arm. You are so far away from going to hell. That's why when people say that, that you can fall and lose yourself, they don't know how great of a salvation you have. Ooh, come on, preacher. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. When you say you, you better be careful, you who say that you can fall from salvation. You, you can't, to me, you can't serve God when you think that you can fall from salvation. There is no way, Paul, that you can serve a God as great that can separate you so far from, from sin. That's how great the cross is. 
Amen. Now watch this. Amen. I'm going to read these last Amen. Amen. I'm going to read these. Amen, brother. All glory be to the most high. I'm going to yeah. read these last verse. Give it to the brother. Close it out. And it says, then he said, verse 27, I pray thee therefore, Father, that you would send him to my father's house. Watch this. This is the rich man. I want y'all to know it's still the rich man talking. He said, for I have five brethren. Lord, have mercy. Mm. This rich man had five brothers. So now yeah. that, that means that he was rich. More likely his dad, he probably came from a long line of rich. You know how wealthy people are. They pass down the wealth. So that means he was concerned for his five brothers. That means that they more likely, they, they acted just like he acted. Arrogant, pompous, I got money, I don't need God. You know how people are. He said, I got yeah, five yeah. brothers. He may testify to them. At least they also come into this place of torment. But watch what Abraham said to him. He said, Abraham said unto him, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And what this is really referring to is the scriptures. They have the scriptures. They have the word of God. Amen. And he said, Amen. Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto them, if they hear not Moses and the prophets, again, this is talking about the scriptures, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Amen. And this is how you Amen. know that this is referring to the scripture when it says Moses and the prophets. The prophets came when? After Moses. So we know that Moses and the prophets and all the prophets didn't live in one time. They lived throughout the ages, which is referring to the scriptures. I have more scriptures to prove to you that this is referring to the word of God. In other words, because Christ talked about, what did Christ say? Moses yes. talked about me. He was yes. before Moses. So we know this is talking about, in essence, this is talking about they got the word of God. They got people who preach about the heavenly father. Moses talked about God. Even Noah talked about God to the lost yes. soul when, when he joined him on the ark. Amen. All the prophets talked about God to the lost tribe to Israel. Amen. Yes, but what sir. did they do? But what did he say? And, and I'm, I'm going to share this with you. I'm going to turn back to the brother. When Go it ahead. talks about, when it talks about uh, 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 one coming from the dead uh, in verse 30, that's actually talking about, it's not talking about a spirit. It's talking about a physical body. And, 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 and I've looked it up in the, uh, in the, in the Greek. This is referring to a dead corpse. Lord, how are y'all not hearing me? This is referring to thriller. This is, this is referring to a dead corpse. And in other words, if one was to get up from the, out of the graveyard, was to get up off the deathbed, was to get up off the uh, uh, dead corpse, was to come to you and tell you, don't come from here. That would, that would be scary to see Thriller, the see yes, dead sir. body. Yes, sir. Amen. That, this, is what he, this is what he's talking about. If you look it up in the Greek, it refers to a dead corpse. In other words, it's not talking about a spiritual form. It's somebody that they was to come to you as a dead corpse. Yeah. Amen. 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 If I had a little time, I'd go in deep. I don't. Brother, go ahead and turn back on. Go ahead and close that. But I want right, to talk right. about next week. Amen. I know, brother. Uh, brother. I thank you for that. I thank you for that. Thank you for that compliment. And all Amen. we have time oh, to do. Tomorrow, yeah, we got we got five minutes. I'm going to ask those that's listening out there. I hope you understood. This, uh, no, don't be sorry. No, no, don't go. Uh, uh-uh. there's no problem there. Uh, uh, you're a working man, and uh, you 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 say burn it, burn the candle at both ends, and trying to do hey. do the Lord's work and take care of your family. I, I I can't I can't get upset about that. As long as you come on there, 
and I can hear your voice, I'm all right. Uh, but uh, we want to let you know that out there that's listening, we are so, so thankful that we're able to talk on this phone and Amen. go around the world and tell people about this Jesus Christ. Oh, he is it. He is it. And let you know you don't want to be lost in these days and times. You don't want to be lost. We'll give you invitation now to know how to get saved. You don't have to do nothing but repent, repent, a change of mind, a change of heart, mm-hmm. a new way of walking. And you're going to have to repent Repent of that and be sorry for you have sinned against mm-hmm. a loving, holy, righteous God, a God that never make a mistake, a God never has to take back what he already said, a God that loves you, a God that cares for you, a God that needs you, in fact. Amen. He needs you for what? He needs you to know him, and then when you know him, express it to the world. Express it to the world. Let the world know there is a true living God. There is a God of God and the Lord of Lords, and that we want to let you know that he died on Calvary's cross for your sin, and he's coming back again very, very soon. Why not give your life to Christ now? Don't wait another second. The only thing you've got to do is make a 180 degree to turn, 180 degrees, and turn Amen. away from sin. Turn away from the world. Turn away from all this stuff that's going on and hate it to the bottom of your heart and love the righteousness of God. Love what Christ done for you. I'm, I'm, I'm loving Christ every day, what he done for me. He didn't have to do it, but he did. And I want him to do it for you. And Apostle Paul said, if you confess, Romans 10 and 9, if you confess, admit it, that Jesus Christ is the Son of That's God, it. and that he died on Calvary's cross for your sins, and that he can save your soul through his shed blood on Calvary's cross through the Holy Spirit. That's all you got to do. And Apostle, I think it was Peter, asked the jailer, the Philippian jailer, he said, what must I do in order to be saved? He said, repent. That's what he said. Repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall be saved. Your whole household could be saved. That's how simple it is. It ain't nothing hard. You ain't going to lose nothing. You ain't, the world ain't got nothing to offer you. Amen. Jesus Come on, God. He's got it all. I, I, like the brother said, a whole lot of money don't mean you're rich. Man, Amen. I got a whole lot of money. It ain't in the earthly bank. It's in the heavenly bank. And, buddy, anytime I need it, I say, Lord, I need this. I need, I need my health, Lord. I need some money, Lord. I need a better night's sleep. I need a job, Lord. Guess what? God will provide for you every time. Lord, as we bow our heads, I'm going to repeat. They call it the sinner's prayer, but a lot of people don't like it. It says, Lord, I am a sinner, and I need saving. Lord, I repent of my sins. Lord, I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that he died and rose again for the salvation of my soul. 
come on into my life right now. Just just come on in. Just, just walk on in 